You're listening to Trivia Time, the podcast quiz show. Each week we present a pub quiz style program with four rounds of varying themes consisting of eight questions each, in addition to a music round and bonus anagram. If you'd like, we have a PDF scoring sheet available on our website, TriviaTimePodcast.com, which you can use to answer along. Each correct answer will be worth one point unless specified otherwise. Similar to a pub quiz experience, we serve up a fun mix of trivia as well as friendly banter. Get together with your trivia team or play solo, at home, or on the go because it's trivia time. Welcome to episode 202 of Trivia Time, the podcast quiz show. I am your host, Kelly Sharon, and I'm joined by our quiz master, Ricky Lime. Hi there. How's it going, Kelly? Oh, pretty good. How are you? You know, I'm doing better than you are. I know that you have a little cold, so I'm sorry about that. Sorry, buds. I hope you can stand my voice for the next 40 or so minutes. (laughs) You know, we'll take it in any form. You're always lovely. I've actually had a really great week. I hosted a pride quiz, which was so much fun. A packed house. Best vibes, sold out. It was awesome. So special thanks to Beach Garden for having me, as well as my buddies at Long Drink and Charlie Coast Apparel. They all teamed up with me and made it happen and created some awesome prizes for the winners. And it was just a really fun night. Woohoo. So I'm still riding that high. But then also tomorrow, I'm taking my kids to see Taylor Swift. Woo. No big deal there. Huge deal. Do you know all the chants? Yes. Oh, good. You're going to have the best time. I'm so pumped. I cannot wait to hear about it. It's a cultural phenomenon, honestly. It's big. But enough about me. A few shout outs and announcements before we get going. It is August, which means there is a brand new visual roundup on our website. It also means that we will be revealing the answers to the July visual round at the end of this episode. Also, huge thanks to happy user Tuesday Kitten, Blazin' Joey, Hudson09, and Krask Attack for leaving us five-star reviews. There's been some really sweet ones that have filtered in that are always nice to read, so thank you so much. And then we have a whole crew of new patrons that have joined the club. So welcome aboard to Jacqueline, Kathleen, Shandia, Tierney, Virginia, and Tiffany. New friends. Lots of new friends, Kelly. Thanks, y'all, so much. For sure. And then just two more shout-outs. Happy birthday to John from Jen. And happy anniversary to Rod Zeke and Anna. Have a good one, guys. Woohoo! Tater celebrations. Party time all the time. (laughs) All right, it's time to get to our bonus anagram of the week. This will be due at the end of our program after we reveal the answers to round five, so you have plenty of time to work on it. Our bonus anagram this week is bong slime. B-O-N-G-S-L-I-M-E. And the question that goes with this anagram is... What actor and father of nine portrayed Martin Riggs in the buddy cop action film series, Lethal Weapon? Moving on to round one. Round number one is called Eight is Great. This episode is released on 8-8, August 8th. So in celebration of that non-holiday, we are serving up eight, eight-themed general knowledge questions. Question number one. What 1964 studio album released by the Beatles included the hit, Eight Days a Week? 
Question number two. The Academy Award-winning 2020 documentary film, My Octopus Teacher, was shot in a kelp forest off the coast of what country that is the second most populous country located entirely south of the equator? Question number three. Nicknamed the Iron Man and donning the jersey number eight, what professional baseball team did Cal Ripken Jr. play for from 1981 to 2001? Question number four. The 2002 comedy horror film Eight-Legged Freaks starred what actor and former husband of Courtney Cox? Question number five. The Eighth Amendment to the U.S. Constitution prohibits what? Question number six. What is the standard watercolor of the fortune-telling toy, Magic 8-Ball? Question number seven. What American psychologist, author, and advocate of psychedelic drugs developed the eight-circuit model of consciousness, a holistic model originally presented as psychological philosophy? Question number eight. Home to the Fort Sumter National Monument and the vacation town Myrtle Beach, what U.S. state was the eighth to join the Union? We'll give you a few seconds of music to wrap things up before we move on to the answers. Here are the answers for round one. Eight is great. Question number one. The Beatles album that included the hit Eight Days a Week is Beatles for Sale. You know, I think this one is a pretty tricky one. If it wasn't the first question on the quiz, I might have even made it a triple tater. I would not have gotten this at all. I don't think I would have either. And I am pretty familiar with the Beatles catalog, yeah. but this album isn't one of their more known ones. You know what I mean? Question number two. My octopus teacher was shot in a kelp forest off the coast of South Africa. That guy was a total ding-dong, but it was a gorgeous movie. It really was, but you really hate him. <laughs> Leave her alone. <laughs> right? Stop trying to get with this octopus. Gosh. Stop doing like David Blaine breath-holding feats of human endurance to snug up to some <laughs> creature that, you know, totally. doesn't need you, bro. Yeah, but beautiful movie. Oh my gosh, the footage was gorgeous. Yeah, he was a total ding-dong. Question number three. Donning the jersey number eight, Cal Ripken Jr. played for the Baltimore Orioles from 1981 to 2001. Slide into base. I'm coming in hot, Cal. <laughs> As I've always said. Go sports. Question number four. Eight-Legged Freaks starred David Arquette. And a fun fact is that film was originally titled Iraq Attack. 
think I like Iraq Attack better than Eight-Legged Freaks. I mean, both are really bad film titles, but... Iraq Attack is fun. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Question number five. The Eighth Amendment to the U.S. Constitution prohibits cruel and unusual punishment. This is a really important amendment. I'm so glad that no cruel and unusual punishment. An example, I guess, would be, you know, denying women health care. I'm so glad that that doesn't exist in our country. How about you, Kelly? Or like the death penalty? It's ridiculous. Ugh, I know. (laughs) Question number six. The standard watercolor of the fortune-telling toy Magic 8-Ball is blue. Or purple. I mean, it's kind of a bluish purple, so we will actually accept either of those. I love a Magic 8-Ball. Yeah, they're super fun. Uh, always have reliable information. Mm-hmm. You know, it's my favorite form of pseudoscience. <laughs> when I can't afford a therapist, I just engage with my Magic 8-Ball for all, you know, life advice. Totally makes sense. Cool, cool. Going well so far. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Anything I bring to the table, it usually just says, outlook not so good. And I'm like, tell me something I don't know, you know. <laughs> Question number seven. The psychologist who developed the eight-circuit model of consciousness is Timothy Leary. His legacy is wild. Incredibly smart dude, but he's pretty much just affiliated with LSD, you know? (laughs) Totally. Question number eight. The U.S. state that was the eighth to join the Union is South Carolina. Moving on to round two. So as I mentioned at the top of the episode, we have some taters celebrating an anniversary. Happy anniversary, Rod Zeke and Anna. Anna requested this round for Rod Zeke, so here it is. Apparently, Rod Zeke is a big Star Wars fan, like many of you. This audio round is called Jedi Mind Tracks. May the Force be with us as we forage to infinity and beyond with this Star Wars space-themed music round. You will get a half point for song title and a half point for recording artist. Happy anniversary, guys. One. Sing, oh, 
six. Seven. Cruising down A Street, off white Lexus, driving so slow, but BK is from Texas. Me, I'm out there, Bed-Stuy, home of that boy Biggie. Now I live on Billboard, and I brought my boys with me. Say what up to Tata, still sipping my tie, sitting courtside, Knicks and Nets give me high. Here are the answers for round two, Jedi Mind Tracks. Song number one was Starships by Nicki Minaj. Song number two was Space Oddity by David Bowie. Song number three was Skywalker by Miguel, featuring Travis Scott. Song number four was Yoda by Weird Al Yankovic. Song number five was Riding Solo by Jason Derulo. Song number six was Shooting Star by Bad Company. Song number seven was Empire State of Mind by Jay-Z featuring Alicia Keys. And song number eight was Blank Space by Taylor Swift. And I'll write your name. Kind of a mixed bag. Honestly, though, there is some pretty great stuff on here. Love David Bowie. I actually really love that Skywalker Miguel song. When it comes on when I'm running, love it. Also, that Jay-Z, Alicia Keys song is great. And Taylor Swift, have you heard about her? What? No. Kind of a big deal these days. (laughs) Big deal. Kelly loves Yoda by Weird Al, obviously. Of course. It's always, you know, all Weird Al tracks. Yeah. Every single one. Diehard fan. <laughs> Caught me. I just think it's funny at, at the beginning of Jason Derulo songs, every time he's like, Jason Derulo. <laughs> totally. I got it. He's kind of a lot. <laughs> Moving on to round three. Round number three goes out to patron Janae. She requested a round on Princess Diana. Round number three is called The People's Princess. We are shaking up the royal kingdom and going against the rain with this round on the captivating icon, Princess Diana. Thank you, Janae. Question number one. After marrying now King Charles, what was Diana's official royal title? Question number two. Diana died in a car crash while visiting what European city? Question number three. Who was the journalist who authored the authorized biography, Diana, Her True Story, a book the palace denied despite Diana being the main source? 
Question number four. Diana appeared in a ballistic helmet and flak jacket while at an event for Halo Trust, an organization that removes what? Question number five. What was Diana's maiden name before marrying into the British royal family? Question number six. What is the name of the British auction house that Diana sold several of her iconic dresses, earning money for charitable organizations? Question number seven. Who was serving as Prime Minister of the United Kingdom in 1997 when Diana tragically passed away at the age of 36? Question number eight. What actor was nominated for several Best Actress Awards for her portrayal of Princess Diana in a critically acclaimed 2021 psychological historical drama film? We'll give you a few seconds of music to wrap things up before we move on to the answers. Here are the answers for round three, The People's Princess. Question number one. After marrying Charles, Diana's official royal title was Princess of Wales. You know, it's funny because I feel like prior to Diana, Western culture really wasn't all caught up with the monarchy and, you know, the gossip and all that. I feel like she really kicked things off. I think that's right. I mean... Grace Kelly, maybe a little bit, but like... Oh, yeah, because there was a little Hollywood crossover there. Yeah, yeah. Princess of Monaco, right? Yeah, but really Diana kicked things off. Yeah. Question number two. Diana died in a car crash while visiting Paris, France. Real sad. Yep. Question number three. Whoa, Kelly, what was that? Was that the start of Iraq Attack, the sequel? Iraq attack, the freaks fight back. Or was it the octopus teacher and Jason Derulo seeking revenge for me talking trash about him? Maybe. <laughs> I ain't got the time, fellas. <laughs> In fact, I think that was a triple tater. So if you correctly answer this question, you'll receive three points instead of one. The journalist who authored the authorized biography, Diana, Her True Story, is Andrew Morton. She really pulled back the veil on a lot of shady stuff going down, so which is very taboo. So I get why she was controversial. But she also did a lot of really great charitable things. And, you know, I don't know. I'm team Diana. Agreed. Question number four. Diana appeared in a ballistic helmet while at an event for Halo Trust, an organization that removes landmines. We will also accept war debris. I like that she donned a helmet, really got into the cause there. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> and she still probably looked good, too. <laughs> right. <laughs> Question number five. Diana's maiden name before marrying into the British royal family was Spencer. Which was also the title of the recent film all about her that came out a few years back. So there you go. Question number six. The British auction house that Diana sold several of her iconic dresses, earning money for charity, is Christie's. 
Question number seven. The UK Prime Minister who was serving when Diana tragically passed away was Tony Blair. That was when they had prime ministers that stuck around longer than like six months. Right? It's kind of wild over there. Yeah. It has been a rotating door lately, for sure. A lot of thank you next, prime minister. (laughs) Yes. Or that's what I imagine a referendum election is. (laughs) Turnstile. Thank you next. Question number eight. The actor who portrayed Princess Diana in a critically acclaimed 2021 film was Kristen Stewart. So that was Spencer, which I just mentioned. She did pretty great in that. I think I've mentioned this before, but she was convincing up until she had to interact with kids. (laughs) Then it was like, "Mm." (laughs) (laughs) yeah, it was a good movie. Moving on to round four. So this round is one of those that proves that I can write trivia on just about anything. This round goes out to a listener named Richard, who recently had a birthday. Happy birthday, Richard. Shauna requested this round be put together just for you, so we hope you enjoy it. It is called Metalheads. Gear up and get lit with this round on welding. Happy birthday, Richard. Question number one. J. Robert Oppenheimer was a welding scientist before he became famous for inventing the first what? Question number two. Portrayed by Woody Harrelson, the character Lewin Moss states, If it can be welded, I can weld it. In what 2007 film that took the Oscar for Best Picture? Question number three. List one of the two types of lower temperature welding techniques that do not melt the base metal or parent metal for a point. Question number four. Some of the earliest welding recorded dates back to the historic period, the Bronze Age, circa 2000 BC. What is the main alloy that makes up bronze? Question number five. Hailed as one of the best graphic novels of 2012, The Underwater Welder, is said to become a film produced by what A-list Canadian actor and former Disney star? Question number six. Meaning to heat, the word weld is of English origin with roots in what Northern Europe subregion that includes Denmark and Iceland? Question number seven. Until the end of the 19th century, the only form of welding was forge welding, used by what metal worker associated with anvils and horseshoes? Question number eight. Underwater welding was invented in what decade that both the Hoover Dam and the Empire State Building were completed? We'll give you a few seconds of music to wrap things up before we move on to the answers. Here are the answers for round four, Metalheads. Question number one. 
J. Robert Oppenheimer was a welding scientist before inventing the first nuclear bomb. Have you seen that Oppenheimer movie yet? I have not. Have you? No, but I did see Barbie. It was one or the other. I want to see both. Yeah, actually, I do too. No regrets with the choice to see Barbie. No, Barbie's my first choice. But after (laughs) that, I would like to see Oppenheimer. (laughs) For sure. Oppenheimer has like a crazy star-studded cast. Yeah, and I love Killian Murphy. He's a fox. Oh, okay. Question number two. The character Lewin Moss states, If it can be welded, I can weld it. In the 2007 film, No Country for Old Men. Question number three. You needed to list one of the two types of lower temperature welding techniques that do not melt the base metal for a point, and they are brazing and soldering. A fun fact is I took some welding courses when I was in college. Cool. It was cool, Kelly. I'm not joking. I'd love to do metalworking. Sounds awesome. But yeah, essentially brazing is kind of like if you hot glue something. You use melted metal to stick two other pieces of metal together without melting the pieces that you're sticking. You know, you have a rod and you melt it and you just, you know, like fuse them basically. Yeah, yeah. Question number four. The main alloy that makes up bronze is copper. Pop quiz, Kelly. What's the periodic table element two-letter symbol for copper? Uh, isn't that a weird one? Like, it's not CO. It is not CO. CO is cobalt. CU? Bam, you did it. Nice. Ding, ding, ding. Question number five. The graphic novel, The Underwater Welder, is set to become a film produced by... Ryan Gosling. Ken. (laughs) I love the I am Ken off shirts. I cannot get enough of that shirt. So cute. I know I want one. I want my baby to have one, but it doesn't come in toddler size for some reason, which is dumb. (laughs) Because your baby is Ken off, so. Uh (laughs) Uh-huh. Question number six. The word weld is of English origin with roots in Scandinavia. Welding those Viking helmets. Yep, yep, yep. Question number seven. The early form of welding was forge welding used by blacksmiths. Blacksmiths still exist. I think that's a really badass profession. I agree. Super cool. Question number eight. The decade underwater welding was invented is the 1930s. 1932 to be exact. You get paid bank as an underwater welder. It seems hard. You should. It seems real hard. I would have done terribly on this round, but hopefully Richard aced it. (laughs) (laughs) Moving on to round five. So as always, round number five is our connection round. It is a series of seven seemingly unrelated questions and answers that are somehow connected. So the answer to number eight will be the connection. Question number one. What 2008 Cage the Elephant hit includes the lyrics, Money don't grow on trees. I got bills to pay. I got mouths to feed. Question number two. What 1984 sports film based on a novel of the same name and centered on a talented baseball player named Roy, portrayed by Robert Redford? Question number three. What Coral Cay archipelago off the southern coast of Florida 
forms the southernmost part of the continental U.S. Question number four. What 2006 psychological thriller novel by Gillian Flynn was developed into a 2018 TV miniseries starring Amy Adams? Question number five. What 2003 Toby Keith song that reached number one on the country charts inspired a chain of restaurants of the same name owned by Keith? Question number six. What is the common four-letter term used in the UK and Australia to describe an apartment or home that is typically on one floor of a large building? Question number seven. What American actor and former husband of Farrah Fawcett starred in the action series The Six Million Dollar Man and The Fall Guy? It's connection time, and question number eight is the connection between the answers for questions one through seven. We're going to give you a few seconds of music to wrap things up before we move on to the answers. And just as a reminder, the bonus anagram will be due at the end of this round. Here are the answers for round five, our connection round. Question number one. The cage the elephant hit with the lyrics, I got bills to pay, I got mouths to feed, is Ain't No Rest for the Wicked. I love Cage the Elephant. I think they're one of the better rock bands out there still playing. But I have this funny story because my friend who has a young daughter, I think she was probably like eight at the time, was singing this song because she had just heard it in the background and was singing those lines. I got bills to pay. I got mouth to feed. And my friend was like, "Uh, excuse me? Since when? Right? (laughs) So dramatic. Yeah, it's a lot of responsibility for a little lady. (laughs) Question number two. The 1984 sports film based on a talented baseball player named Roy is The Natural. Missed this one. Same. There's only one baseball movie for me. Guess what it is. A League of Their Own. Duh. It's so good. (laughs) (laughs) Real gay. (laughs) It is good. Question number three. The archipelago off the southern coast of Florida is The Florida Keys. Oh, Florida. (laughs) Florida Keys are beautiful, though. Yeah, and we have a lot of taters out there. So what's up, Florida taters? We do have a lot of Floridian taters. Fight the good fight, guys. (laughs) Question number four. The 2006 Gillian Flynn novel developed into a 2018 TV miniseries is Sharp Objects. Even though this was like dramatic housewife fodder, I enjoyed both the book and the series. I ate it up. (laughs) I'm honestly not mad at that genre at all. No, it's juicy and fun. I think of them as like books you just like read in a day and it's fun. Exactly. Question number five. 
the number one Toby Keith country hit that inspired a chain of restaurants of the same name is I Love This Bar. Question number six. The common four-letter term used in the UK and Australia to describe an apartment is a flat. And you can take a lift up to your flat. Cute. Question number seven. The actor who starred in the action series The Six Million Dollar Man is Lee Majors. That's a cool name. I wish my name was Lee Majors. A very cool name. I'm jealous. Question number eight. The answer to question number eight is the connection between the answers for questions one through seven. And we had answers like... Ain't no rest for the wicked. The natural. The Florida Keys. Sharp objects. I love this bar. Flat. And Lee Majors. And all of those answers include a... Musical term. For those of you that read music, you probably got this on like, you probably got this on question two. And those of you that are unfamiliar with music terms, you might not have got it at all. (laughs) (laughs) Totally. (laughs) Before we get to that bonus anagram, it's time to reveal the answers for our July visual round. Our July visual round was called Mustache Rides. Whoa. (laughs) And featured photographs of mustaches. You had to list the proud owners of each mustache for a point. Image number one was Burt Reynolds. Image number two was Danny Trejo. Image number three was Steve Harvey. Image number four was Frank Zappa. Image number five was Hulk Hogan. Image number six was Tom Selleck. Image number seven was Sasha Baron Cohen. And image number eight was Salvador Dali. We will also accept Borat because that picture of Sasha Baron Cohen is his character, Borat, which is really the owner of that mustache. (laughs) So nasty. Yes, yes. I was going to also picture my mustache, but it's like three sad hairs, you know, and I felt a little shy about it, especially (laughs) with all these these other really burly, impressive displays. I was like, I don't know. Don't want to put that up next to Salvador Dali. No. Sure don't. Or Steve Harvey. <laughs> Steve Harvey's cheese ball smile is my favorite. It's so good. It's good. It's good. It's time to circle back to that bonus anagram. Our bonus anagram this week was bong slime. I don't like it. <laughs> the question that went with this anagram was, what actor and father of nine portrayed Martin Riggs in the buddy cop action film series, Lethal Weapon? And the answer is Mel Gibson. Bong Slime scrambles up to be Mel Gibson. That's synonymous for me. Neither are a friend of the show. Correct. Who's having nine kids with that turd? He's not nice. No, a real fall from grace. Yeah, no thank you. But I don't want to end on a sour note. Step aside, Mel. Hey, Kelly. Yes? Nice job. I hope you have a great week. Hope you feel better. Thanks. Thanks to everybody for tuning in and listening. It's always a good time. We hope that everybody has a great week and we will talk to you all again next Tuesday. Bye y'all. Thanks for listening to Trivia Time, the podcast quiz show. We hope you enjoyed playing along. If you did, please consider leaving us a five-star review on Apple iTunes to help boost our show ratings and get the word out. We might even give you a shout out on a future episode. Tune in every week for new episodes. 
We'd love to hear from you if you have any feedback. Our email is triviatimepodcast at gmail.com and our website is triviatimepodcast.com. On our website, you can find a printable PDF scoring sheet, which you can use to play along with every episode. We also have links to past episodes, monthly bonus visual rounds, exciting announcements, and more. Follow us on social media for weekly answer reveals, round reveals, and exciting announcements. This week's background and answer break music was Smoke by Soul Prod Music. This has been a Pick and Shovel production recorded in Long Beach, California and Lawrence, Kansas. Special thanks to our friends, families, and all of our trivia buddies. This episode has been hosted and written by Kelly Sharon and Ricky Lime, edited by Ricky Lime, and features an intro song by Ricky Lime. Until next time, later, later taters. taters.